Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined by my best buddy sometimes, <laughs> Matt Basinger of Spalls Park. We've been drinking a little bit of whiskey. You can see the bottles uh, knocked down a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit of good Rieger whiskey in the morning while we film this podcast. We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios. Uh, today's episode brought to you by... Emprise Bank. Bank. <laughs> Remember when we had intro lines for Emprise Bank? I do. And then they were like, uh, maybe you guys just like, you know, just just They're talk like, about us naturally. Don't just do random intro lines. And then now we're being awkward and having this whole conversation. But we love Emprise we, Bank. We do. Jackie Wise in the house. Today's guest is Zach Donnelly. Zach's the director of business development for John A. Marshall here in Kansas City. Zach. Sorry for having to listen to that, and welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. Excited to be here. Uh, let's uh, start with the softball question, oh, Zach. Oh, hang on. Let me oh, ask it. Oh, Zach, what do you do? Wow, you nailed that. The John A. Marshall Company is a full-service dealership specializing in commercial office furniture, flooring, and architectural products. So anything interior office, our team helps um, furnish. From a furniture standpoint, we represent Herman Miller and Knoll. And then we have 200 other manufacturers, um, so a very broad breadth of line focusing on the open plan, cubicle, workstation, um, private offices, conference room, reception area, anything interior office, and we help handle. Um, as we've got a large healthcare division as well. From a flooring standpoint, uh, we represent all manufacturers, so no actual manufacturer is proprietary to um, an actual dealership. And then the architectural product side, focus on roller window shades, demountable wall, sound management, and a couple other items. So like to be a turnkey for tenants moving into a new space or building a new building. So how did you get into this world? So right out of college, I actually started for our flooring team. Where'd you go to college? Uh, KU. Rock Chalk. Rock Chalk. Um, right out of school, I went to work for our flooring team goes by the name of FDC Contract. Um, started as a sales rep for them, did that for um, about two and a half years. And then um, the individual heading our architectural products division um, took a different job. So I uh, learned the demountable wall and roller window shades by fire. So did that for a couple of years and then moved into furniture in about 2014. So the ideal is, is that I chase any one of those three um, divisions and find our foot in the door and try to bring it all in to be one butt to kick. So when you're working with companies, uh, I mean, do you specialize in a particular size? When I hear, you know, you're, you're doing Herman A. Miller products, you're doing some kind of higher end stuff, but like, what is your, uh, from, from first conversation until implementation, um, what does that process look like? Timeline, execution. And then in addition to that, are you usually working with, you know, places that are 10,000 square feet and above, or what's your sweet spot for who you're furnishing? So being a full service dealership, we can actually work on companies that are two to three people and then an intention mm-hmm. to grow with them, or we can work on the companies that are three to 5,000. You know, they're, they're, the sky's the limit and no office is actually too small. So what I like to do, um, focused on new business, what I'm trying to do is bring in companies that are on the up and up. So grow with them, um, offer solutions to them that are gonna be price effective to allow them to have cash flow to start their company. And, and as they grow into, I'm a larger company, we can help find products that'll bring them to the performance of what they're needing. Um, but from a standpoint of size-wise, really it's all over the map. Um, in terms of square footage, what we try to do is dial in the square footage that they need based on conversations that we have with them up front 
to understand how much space they may need or what each department is going to be focused on. So we try to take a tailored approach based on what we learn from them and how their company wants to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of timeline, I mean, we have projects that take years. Uh, we, we start the conversations early and then we're conversating with them, trying to understand when construction is going to be done, if construction is taking place, and then uh, moving forward as quickly as you can. We can get projects done as early as uh, two to three months, but oftentimes I'd say the process lands comfortably around six months. Uh, so let's sort of hit, you talked about those dates, two to three months, six months, you know, work with people for a couple of years. Right now we're talking in July of 2022. What has it been like over the last two years, both from a timeline standpoint for your projects, but also from an indication level of what the future is really going to look like for the office space? So I'll jump into timeline first. The manufacturers we represent, we refer to as um, good goods. So it's quality product. Um, They've got a a streamlined process from date of order to date that we're going to receive the product. Those timelines did shift a bit. So what used to be four weeks on the dot during the pandemic went from four weeks out to, say, 12, 14 weeks, which was something we had to overcome. There were clients that wanted to be in their spaces, you know, earlier than the product could be delivered. So we had to have some conversations and come up with some uh, temporary solutions for them to be live in their space. Um, but generally what we're trying to achieve is going to be, say, four to six week lead times, what we're used to. So things are dialing back um, as this pandemic is kind of dissipating. Um, second part to your question, what all we've seen from a pandemic standpoint was the workers were all forced to go home. We we all understand that people weren't allowed to be in the office for a couple months at least. Um, Our projects were deemed mission critical, so our installations actually continued through. So 2020 wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, but it was definitely a slowed time. Um, I think what the pandemic did well um, for the Midwest, um, I think a lot of employers are conservative-minded, want their employees in the office. And so allowing their or forcing their workforce to go home to see that they can be productive um, really gave workers the autonomy and employers to see that it is a possibility. It is something that we can allow, depending on how much time they're going to allow their employees to be at home or working from wherever it is they want. It's all going to be determined based on company, a department, a bunch of different factors. But I do think that throughout the pandemic, we did see that there are now three different types of workers that we're able to identify. There's going to be the resident worker that's still in the office five days a week. There's going to be a flex worker. It's going to be more like two to three days a week. And then there's going to be your mobile worker, someone who's going to be at home and remote most of the time or coming in the office one to day, maybe one to two days a week. Creating an environment that people want to work at, offering the amenities for people to come into the office and say, I want to work here or say they're not able to do heads down task intensive work at home, giving them those individual spaces to go and also the amenities at the office, I think it's been key for um, reshaping people's real estate and focusing on what it is their company is trying to achieve with their floor plate. So uh, sort of the last part of that question then falls into, again, July 2022 right now, interest rates climbing. Everyone's talking about how corporate spending is going to start to decrease. Have you guys ever thought of the concept of, you know, almost like taking like a buy now, pay later approach, but working with like an Emprise bank where 
you're basically creating the connection. They know who you guys are. They know that you provide good quality furniture, supplies, et cetera, et cetera. And having just a formula where you're an even more turnkey solution to an office that it's like, oh, this is going to cost us 500 grand. And you're like, well, no, it's only going to cost you 250 grand. And Emprise Bank's going to automatically give you a loan for a quarter million dollars or, or something along those lines where you're getting creative trying to bring business to you because you're just creating a connection that otherwise people would have to go create on their own. Absolutely. And we're all about getting creative in, in any way that we can. We do have financing terms that we can work through with really any bank. So um, with Emprise um, being a good client of ours, we'd be happy to open up the door to come up with ways that we can have financing options through them. In terms of uh, getting creative, we're, uh, we're, we're an open book and, and happy to come up with different solutions that the client may have as well. But in terms of getting them into the space, um, we've got a broad breadth of line, as I mentioned earlier. So we've got solutions that we can really meet a price point, aesthetic, and then a budget. So we try to take those three pillars and balance them like a tripod to make sure that the office is going to perform to the level that they need it to perform. Then we're going to reach a budget that the client's going to be comfortable with and also an aesthetic to make sure that we're creating a culture and environment that they're comfortable with. You had mentioned earlier working with growth companies. I'm a growth company, right? And so uh, in my world, cash flow is king. And it's something that we... Uh, You're a growth company? We're a growth company. We're growing. I don't know if you knew that, Andy. It's happening. It's like happening. Like when you throw trash away, you're growing your trash pile? Yes. Um as companies like mine grow and are trying to be mindful, of that, I mean, when a, when folks want to work with you, is it, hey, you pay this money, we give you this furniture. Are there leasing programs where it's like you can lease these products for a couple of years and then buy them for X at the end of the lease term? Like, what are the myriad options that you all have to accommodate for companies that are trying to keep cash in their pockets or trying to make sure that they're not spending money on furniture instead of on the products that they're actually providing to customers? Absolutely. Financing options are great options, especially for companies that are starting off small and looking to grow. So from the front end, what we'll do is we'll negotiate contracts with the manufacturers that we represent, which is going to offer them discounting to allow them to reach a price point that's going to fit their need. And then in financing, what we can do is, is we can offer different terms, anywhere from a one to five year lease. And then at the end of that lease, you'll own the product, you end up buying it for just a dollar. Awesome. So those are options that are very tremendous in helping small companies that do need cash flow right up yep. front. I blacked out for a second. What I heard you say was, you'll sell me whatever I want for a dollar. Is that? That's, that's, nope, that's yeah, you heard it right. Yep. And that is our show. End, end yeah. term. That is correct. <laughs> end of term, buy out for $1. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so kind of bird dogging off of Andy's question earlier, as you, uh, as folks continue to work out like, hey, we have three different kinds of, of employees. We have folks who are working from home. We have folks who are working at the office. We have folks that are working a mixture of both. Um, for those companies that are doing the mixture of both, are you finding that they're needing to work with you to provide furniture for folks home offices in addition to their offices, uh, you know, in, in their traditional office real estate? Absolutely. And that's been a huge part of what we've what we've done throughout the pandemic. We partnered with certain manufacturers to get ergonomic provisions for the workers while they're at home. So what we're able to do is put together programs where the employer can go online and they can go and choose out, say, a height adjustable desk, a nice task chair, monitor arms, things that are going to allow them to be comfortable and also have the correct health 
codes for them while they're working throughout the day. Because oftentimes people are sitting in these chairs eight hours a day. So what we're trying to um, embrace is someone being comfortable at home while also being ergonomically correct. So making sure that they're not doing any harm to their bodies while doing that. So the ergonomic provisions and work from home programs have been extremely beneficial to our clients throughout this pandemic. And it's a seamless process, um, depending on how the client wants to do it. We can set it up as much as being an online system where it charges the client, or it can be an online system where it actually charges the end user, or a mixture of both where it can pull from paychecks throughout mm -hmm. a period of time. Bunch of different options there, but very important. Zach, I see you, you have a sense of excitement that not every guest on our show has. And, uh, you know, it's not like a lot of kids when they're growing up are like, Hey, you know, when I grow up, I want to, I want to sell office furniture, you know? Um, but it, it seems to me like your job gives you the opportunity to help people maybe in a way that you didn't anticipate you'd be able to do, you know, coming out of high school or college. And so maybe just talk to me about how this has helped you be connected to folks or connected to Kansas city or how through your biz dev role, you've been able to just, you know, find joy in what you do at work. And also, by the way, I want to say, it's pretty rare that we hear somebody who has started in the same industry out of school and is still in the same industry yeah. to like hit it right on the head with what you like and loved right out of school props. Anyway, that's well, thank you. And I, I will say, I think any type of business development or sales role is one where you surround yourself with people. I love meeting new people every day. And so starting for our flooring team in a sales position um, right out of school gave me the opportunity to join different groups um, throughout Kansas City, allowing me to meet new people each day. So I think that's a huge role in why I've stayed within the same industry and really been able to um, have a good time doing it the in entire way along. So um, from a sales standpoint, I love to be able to help clients, you know, understanding what the, what the endless possibilities are for their company to be able to grow. Um, creating a culture for their environment that fosters an environment that people want to work at. People want to come to work and, and they're fully engaged. And so to focus on the attraction and retention of top talent, so gaining your employees and then retaining your employees starts with the office space. When, when someone's interviewing for a new job, you know, things that they're perceiving when they walk into an office has a great role in what their furniture and different spaces look like throughout and then in terms of onboarding, you know, it's been, that's been a tough uh, idea of, of how companies are to onboard throughout this pandemic when people are at home. So uh, I think the office fosters an environment to allow people to succeed in attracting, retaining, um, onboarding their clients. And then one large idea that has been, people have been struggling with throughout the pandemic as well is, the knowledge transfer from those that are about to retire to say the new millennials or centennials that are entering the market, a lot of that takes place while you're in the actual office learning side by side, you know, the peers that have been there for a long time. So it's been really interesting to push the knowledge that we've learned um, throughout the entire time I've been in the industry and then also what we've been learning throughout the pandemic. So to be able to help clients and watch, watch them grow to the potential of what they can is uh, extremely rewarding and, and fun time. One last question before Matt does his <clears throat> outro. outro. <laughs> We've talked about offices and other people's employees this whole show and how the dynamic is changing there. How has it been for you guys at Johnny Marshall with 
literally the pandemic and your own staff and your own people in the offices and being collaborative on ensuring that you're giving your clients the best full-blown picture where everyone was synced internally. How have you guys weathered everything? So believe it or not, at the end, at the beginning of 2020, so February, we finished a large renovation of our office. And every four to five years, what we have to do is walk the walk. And did you have a good furniture uh, broker? That we did. Good, good, good. What we do is we outfit our facility to emulate what we're presenting on. So we've got to have you know the latest and greatest products throughout. But what we did is we designed our entire floor plate to reference our culture and to be able to function exactly as we were. So we treated ourselves as the client. So our 20,000 square foot showroom in Lenexa has become a presentation tool for us to explain all the different situations that we have set up within our office. And throughout the pandemic, we were able to, what we've done is we've expanded um, kind of the distancing between uh, say workstations and different work points, um, allowing individuals more individual spaces to be able to work. And then a lot of different PP&E equipment we were able to bring in as well. So. From a standpoint of what we did before the pandemic, we were walking the walk and putting together floor plans and layouts that not only worked for us, but were a good indication of what employers were doing across the US. And then when the pandemic hit, we were able to adjust things um, from an overall standpoint of real estate with us as well as our clients. We really didn't see the foot square footage shrink as much. It really became right-sizing um, the office and, and laying the office out to be conducive to what the environment was needing for each company. Yeah. So we did the exact same thing for our company. Um, in terms of working from home, we it was not something that we did before the pandemic. Um, allowing people now one to two days a week at home um, is what we give each individual. We've got- uh, Did they take it? Yes, a lot of them took it. I would say 90% of them took it. There's people like me that just love to be in the office every day and talk with different people throughout. So. It really comes down to uh, the department and what you're focused on, but it is an option. I do think our employees are um, enjoying that greatly. That's awesome. By the way, do you have to have an appointment to go to the showroom in Lenexa or can we just come on in anytime? We've got our sales team is always available. Um, some of us may have certain appointments at a time, so feel free to call ahead. Those are uh, always appreciated. But if you're swinging by and want to stop in, please do ask for me. And if I'm available, I would love to tour you through. And you still are offering employee or customers 90% off if they're referenced by Matt Basinger and Andy. Well, I thought uh, it was a $1 purchase price. A one, a $1, that's right. A $1 purchase price. Apologies. Absolutely. Um, $1 <laughs> end of lease term buyout. Correct. Zach, uh, on behalf. Oh, so I almost forgot. Wow. You messed up my outro. Wow. Last question. We're just, we're just hitting time. Uh, aside from marriage or kids, what's the coolest thing you've ever done? Besides being on this podcast, yes, that is, um, yeah, obviously, this can be number one. Yeah, I mean, but what's number two? I I had the opportunity in college to jump out of a plane, so went skydiving. I it wasn't individual. I had someone attached to me that pulled the cord and everything. Where? But, so I studied abroad over in Europe, and we were in Switzerland. So it was over. Does everyone over the skydive in Switzerland? Like you can skydive I've, anywhere in the I've world. Yet pretty. everybody does it. I've heard Switzerland is pretty. I don't if, know if I could ever jump out of an airplane. Mountains. <laughs> Sorry, we cut you off. That was it. That's, I was studying abroad, and uh, it was a beautiful place to do it, and figured it'd be a one-time opportunity. Where'd you study abroad? Um, in Italy was where our program was. Um, I did uh, an entire semester the fall of my junior year. In which city? Um, it was Perdenal del Grappa, so that's 45 minutes northeast of Venice. Huh. 
That's awesome. Zach, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media Studios, Jay Rigger Co. Distillery, and Swell Spark, uh, super grateful that you joined us today. Uh, hopefully, the entire city of Kansas City is sitting in more comfortable chairs here shortly and excited to see your continued growth in the way that you're supporting the city. Well, thank you very much for having me. 